Welcome to the Heal Podcast for all things related to Lyme disease and other chronic illnesses. I'm Mimi McLean, Mama Five, founder of Lyme 360 and a Lyme warrior. Tune in each week to hear from doctors, health practitioners, and experts to hear about their treatments, struggles, and triumphs to help you on your healing journey. I'm here to heal with you. Before we get started today, I wanted to talk to you about Dr. Bill Rawls. He has written one of my favorite Lyme books, Unlocking Lyme. He's an MD whose life was upended because of Lyme. From this experience, he had to change his practice and figured out how to heal himself. Dr. Rawls has created his own line of herbal supplements that support the immune system as a Lyme warrior. He offers a survey on his website to help determine which supplements you need. Go to Lyme360.com forward slash Dr. Rawls, which is D-R-R-A-W-L-S, to learn more about these amazing herbal protocols I've been using. Welcome back to the Heal Podcast. This is Mimi McLean with Lyme360. And today we are talking about skin. So if you have any skin issues, it means your body is telling you something. Rosacea, hives, acne. This is your body reacting to what's happening inside. Today's episode is with Dr. Tara Odesky, who had her own personal journey for 20 years suffering from rosacea. After seeing countless doctors, she healed herself with a holistic protocol and now helps patients of all ages with rosacea, chronic skin disease, gut issues, and other chronic skin conditions. To get my Detox for Lyme checklist, go to Lyme360.com forward slash Detox Checklist. Dr. Odesky, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited to talk about skin and everything skin because I think that is a topic I really haven't covered that much. And so it definitely has been something I've dealt with with Lyme. I've never had skin issues until I had Lyme. And now I have like cystic acne and and it just causes other things to come out. And I also have hives, which I never had before. So I'm excited to have you on because you're the expert of skin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here and talk about skin and viruses and how it all is connected. Yeah. So um, let's just dive in. And I would love for you to just talk about your transition from like Western medicine and to realizing why skin is like an indicator of what's going on inside. Yeah. So let's see. I have had rosacea for 20 years. And when I was first diagnosed, I thought, oh, okay, it's a, it's a skin rash. It's a skin issue. You're given topical creams. And you know, this was back in my mid-20s. So, you know, I put the cream on and that and that was that. But fast forward 20 years of doing this and going to dermatologists, like the best dermatologists, and nobody was even addressing the possibility that it could have been related to gut or liver or anything other than something on your skin. That was pretty eye-opening that no one was able to have that conversation. And with my training as a chiropractor and kind of getting to the root cause of things, I knew that there was much more going on. So I think at that point, I just realized that Western medicine was probably not going to have the answers. And I needed to really just learn everything I could about the connection with gut and skin. Even if I wasn't finding research on rosacea specifically, I had to figure out how it was all connected and what was going on internally that was causing this to appear on the outside. So right. And what do you typically see when you have patients come in that's causing it? Like what, what is the typical culprits? What I'm finding with rosacea is there's really um, about four or five major things. Almost everyone has underlying gut issues. So either, you know, in, in this country, we've come to think that this is normal to have acid reflux and IBS and gas and bloating. And 
food sensitivities, it's not normal at all. So I would say that almost 90% of rosacea patients have some sort of underlying gut issue. So that's one of the big ones. Liver is probably number two, liver toxicity. So this is going to be different things you've been exposed to throughout your whole life that have been kind of building up in your liver that haven't been processed yet. And that was a big one for me. Going back, I'd had lots of antibiotics as a child. So my gut was horrendous, food sensitivities, and then combine that with different toxic exposures. I'd worked at a dry cleaners for a long time. I'd worked in a bar. And this is going back 20 years when people smoked cigars in bars, like just full of smoke. That all kind of builds up. And if you're not eating the right foods or supplements to actually constantly kind of detox your liver, it ends up just being kind of overflowed. So I think of it as a sponge and you're not able to stop up anything else if it's completely full. So when I started doing different detoxes and eating the right foods, it drastically got better. And that was just one piece of it. Um, Another big one with skin issues is dormant viruses, which as you know, never actually leave. They just tend to go dormant and sit there and wait until you're stressed or until something else is going on. And then they like to pop back up and say, I'm still here. That's a big one. Heavy metal toxicity. Almost all of us have that to some degree. It only builds as we get older. So that's a big one for rosacea. There's so many more hormonal imbalances, but those are really the main ones. That's how we start. We start with those and then we kind of continue. So when they come to you and they have some like a skin issue or, or whatnot, what kind of tests do you do to determine which one of those culprits well, it could be? By the time they come to me, they've already been diagnosed with rosacea. Like they've already been to dermatologists, right. multiple dermatologists. They know they have rosacea. I know they have rosacea. So then it's really just a matter of starting to dig through their history. And I actually haven't. So a lot of the patients I've been working with have been through Zoom. This this is all fairly new for me because this happened right when COVID started. So I've been mostly seeing patients over Zoom and really I go by symptoms. So I know I could order all these tests, but for me, getting a really accurate history of going back to childhood. I mean, I my intake form is like 20 pages long because I want to know everything about where they've worked, where they've lived, what they've eaten, what they've been exposed to. And from that, I get a really good sense of what we need to focus on in terms of healing and detoxing. Right. And most people, I would assume, probably have a liver that needs to be detoxed? We all have it to some degree, but I am finding that almost everyone with rosacea has a major toxic exposure that they may have completely forgotten about. I was talking with a girl last week who had grown up in Eastern France and it turns out she kind of forgotten about it, but I think that that was one of the big underlying causes for her was the Chernobyl cloud that ended up kind of right over their village. And then for years, there was just toxicity in the soil and the water and the air. And this led to other issues for her with thyroid. And it turned out, you know, just when you really talk to someone and you find out about specific toxic exposures, a lot of people have lived near nuclear plants. A lot of people live near farming communities where they're drinking the water and there's runoff in the soil. Like, you know, almost everyone has this. And when you build up enough of this, that's when health issues start to develop. Mm-hmm. And what do you typically recommend, like in the case with the woman that you were just talking about in Eastern France, like what, what is like the first step to detoxing her? So she actually is in amazing health other than having her thyroid removed when she was 19, which who has their thyroid removed at 19, right? 
So that was kind of a big clue for me. But so we start with diet. Diet is the first thing. And most people have been trying a lot of typical diets. Like they'll say, I've tried paleo, I've tried AI. They've tried different things and they haven't seen progress because skin is so complex. A lot of them are so nutrient deficient that even if they're on a very specific diet, they're not able to absorb nutrients. So I like to focus a lot more on gut healing rather than a specific diet. Once your gut has healed and it's absorbing nutrients, then the supplements you're taking can actually be beneficial. I find a lot of people go to a functional medicine doctor or naturopathic doctor and they're given tons of supplements, but they haven't changed their diet. So they're just kind of taking, you know, this is years, like they show me their cabinets full of supplements and I was the same. I mean, I was taking standard process and metagenics and why is this not helping me? What's going on? And it was because I literally wasn't absorbing the nutrients. So gut healing is first. That's what and what do you do with the gut healing? Is, what is that like? Yeah. Bone broth. What's the yep. protocol so, for that? So um, eliminating the major inflammatory. So obviously dairy and gluten. A lot of people are histamine sensitive. So if you are, then high histamine foods. And then we dive into exactly the gut healing foods. So bone broth every day, coconut milk every day, coconut oil, soy based probiotic. These are key. These are key. And so you do this all together. Really excellent plant-based diet. I think it's great also to have some chicken and beef organic, switch to organic because a lot of people are not doing organic and they're just not getting the amino acids because of the glyphosate. That's a whole other. Mm-hmm. So once, once you start incorporating these, even just these small changes, people start seeing major progress in a month, not necessarily with their skin, but with how they feel. So that's what I go by is in a month, do you feel better? You know, Are we seeing less brain fog? Are you having less acid reflux? All these things, this is like the beginning. And so once they start seeing progress, it's like, okay, now we have to keep going because you're not going to see skin clearing for several months. You have to trust that we have to heal all these other things first before we get to complete resolution of your skin. Right. That makes sense. And so it's about a month. That that's good because I always thought it was going to be like years or no, you know, because it took you that long to get to where you are. But you start feeling better after you know a month. That's good. Yeah, I think. I mean, feeling better is is the first step because most people with rosacea have been. It's not just on their skin; they've been feeling ill for years. Exactly, and they don't know why. So even if we can get you starting to feel more energy, sleeping better, less anxiety. These are clues that we're going in the right direction. And yes, it could take months. It could take years. But rather than going in the wrong direction with more medications and things that aren't helping, even just a little bit of progress in the right direction, I know you're going to get there. It's it's just a matter of time. I think for me, it was a total of about four months. Four months. And then you were back. Zero rosacea whatsoever. And this is, you know, incurable. Every time you go to the dermatologist, they're adamant. There's no cure. You'll never get better. It will only get worse. You know, good luck to you. And they send you out the door. So it's amazing. They don't see the correlation like normal dermatologists. uh, I'm still dumbfounded. I don't understand. Yeah. Because it's like, it is, it's an indication of what's going on. So I know you don't specifically work with Lyme patients, but you have worked with Lyme patients in the past and you're familiar with it for personal reasons as well. But do you see a trend or is there a common kind of skin ailment that pops up because of Lyme? Yes, I I definitely see skin issues because of Lyme. You know, when your body is busy dealing with everything internal, so 
viruses, gut issues, liver toxicity, heavy metals, all the things we talked about. It's very hard for it to, to manage everything. You add in, in stress. Everyone knows like when you're stressed, what's the first thing you notice? Your skin starts mm-hmm. acting up, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just like, it's like, it's like the final straw that things just aren't right. So when you get to a point when your skin is pretty clear, I think it's safe to say that things are probably going well internally. Now there are people out there who have like beautiful skin and and are not healthy at all. But I think that eventually catches up with you. I don't know how long you can go on that. I really feel like the skin is just a mirror to what's going on inside. Even if you don't have a lot of symptoms, like I didn't seem to have a ton of health issues. I just, I knew things weren't quite right, but it was enough for me to say, okay, you know, my gut has been bothering me for, for years. So there's gotta be a correlation. And and it's very difficult to find that research specifically with rosacea and a gut connection. Like it just, it just hasn't been done. It's just shocking. Mm-hmm. So yes, in terms of Lyme, it would be very normal to have a skin reaction, which is really just your immune system, not able to handle everything. And um, internal healing is definitely how to go about that. Yeah, it was interesting because I never really have had skin issues, but I had, like I was saying earlier, like the cystic, I had just, they were so painful. It was like all under my jaw. So it wasn't really on my face. It was more like my jawline and they were just hard and painful. And it just all of a sudden started and I had a bunch of them and then all of a sudden it went away. Like it lasted like six months and it was just the weirdest thing. And it was like, and I had to attribute it to Lyme. Yeah. It was like, what else would it be? Right. It was just one of those weird, rare things. And then then my doctor gave me just something to comp. Maybe he put me on something like some kind of anti, like he said, I forgot what it was. It was something, some kind of medicine. Cause I was like, I can't take, cause it was scarring. It was starting yeah. to scar my yeah. face. And so he gave me something and then they, it stopped. He said it will like regularly, I don't know if it was hormones. He said, your hormones might be going off because of the Lyme yeah. and that it caused that. But it was weird because I've never had that before. And for a lot of people going through Lyme treatment, if they're taking um, antibiotics, so all of that has to get processed through your liver. So the way that your liver detoxes is through your, your urine, your waste, and your skin. So a lot of times these chemicals end up coming out through your skin and people react. Um, mm-hmm. I know people who go running and, and their face sweats, and then they almost have like this immediate flush, not just from the blood from running, but from the actual chemicals, like purging from yeah, the I get that. Yes, through your skin. I, yes. Yeah. And it was yeah. weird because another skin thing happened to me, which is really interesting for anybody who's listening. So one of these times when I was having one of my episodes and I couldn't move my neck and I... I had the worst headache. I don't ever get headaches. I had the worst headache. couldn't move my neck. So I go to the emergency room and they think I have spinal meningitis. So she put me into like some kind of a scan. They're going to do a spinal tap, but they also were like, let's just do a scan. So they gave me like that radiation stuff, that stuff you drink. Yes. Contrast. Right. Oh my gosh. Whatever that was, I woke up the next morning. My body was covered head to toe in like white, not to be gross, but like white pimples, like throughout, oh it was almost like my body was having, like, it was just too much, like it yeah. overreaction of that contrast. Like that's was- exactly what that is. Yeah. yeah. Your body has to push out these chemicals. So one way it does it is of course, by pushing it to the surface and people have this immediate flush. And another way is by, um, a lot of people notice that they're putting on weight and they don't know why. And your body will, in order to try to keep you safe, it will surround a toxin with adipose tissue. So fat cell. So mm-hmm. people tend to pack on these fat cells and they, they don't know why. And it's, it's actually just toxins. When you 
start to detox these toxins, you, you drop weight without, without trying to, it's almost like it melts away. Right. It doesn't need to be there. Well, it's funny because I also still get like my hives. I started only getting hives with Lyme, like as I've progressed. So I think I'd gone into like the mast cell thing with the histamine. And it's funny because like my doctor will say, well, where, where do you get the hives? And I was like, I only, (laughs) I only get it in my fat area. So it's like interesting. Like I only get it on like my butt, like the area that I have more fat, right? right? Like that's it. Like that's all I get it. So it's like, so interesting. On my, like my back of my legs and my, like, it's all like from my waist down. It's like area where it's like more. Huh. So I'm, I think it's more like that, what you're talking I, about. It's like, I think that's exactly toxic. what it is. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. It's so crazy. You should be able to get to a point when you're not having those anymore. Like when your liver's yeah. like perfectly clear and, and all that. Now but, I just take Claritin. I have to go carry Claritin with me no matter where I go. Yeah, Cause yeah. as soon as I get cold or something like that, it, it comes out. But yeah, it's really interesting. What else do you do to recommend? I know we touched on a little bit, but like the liver cleanse, like, is there anything or any other kind of detoxing? I assume the saunas or is there anything else that you um, recommend to people? So exercise, like number one, at least a half an hour, that's going to start to flush out your liver. So I do a lot with food. The two components of liver detoxification, phase one and phase two. Phase one, you need either milk thistle or dandelion. That's key. So I have people drink that every day. Oh, like a tea. A milk thistle, dandelion tea. Yep. And then for phase two, you need amino acids. And that this is where a lot of people are not getting amino acids because if you're eating foods that are not organically grown, they're mostly grown in glyphosate, sprayed with glyphosate repeatedly. This is going to prevent the production of amino acids in those foods. So we're eating diets that are deficient in, in amino acids and they're very high in chemical levels. So a lot of people are just becoming very toxic with their livers and they're not able to detoxify. So for me, I have a, um, a plant-based protein powder that has 19 amino acids. A lot, you know, There are really good ways to, to bring that into your diet to supplement. And once I started doing that, it was like, I, it was almost like I could feel it coming out of my skin, the toxins. I wear a lot of silver jewelry and every three to four days it would turn black. I didn't know what was going on. So I, I was like, maybe it was like a chemical, maybe I was cleaning with ammonia or something, but it kept happening. So I started Googling like how to clean silver And I found this woman who was telling you exactly how to clean silver. And she said, I worked at a hair salon and we couldn't even keep silver jewelry because it would tarnish so quickly from the chemicals in the air. And when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. It's chemicals coming out of my skin, tarnishing my jewelry. Like that's how much was built up in my liver. And this was only while I was doing the liver detox fine. And so all you were doing was taking an extra amino acid supplement, like a powder? I did a flush. It was like a seven-day liver. There's there's all sorts of different programs you can do, but it was like a seven-day liver flush. It was a drink. And then after I did that was when I started really amping up the amino acids and the dandelion and milk thistle tea. And it this went on for about two months. I just and then I just stopped wearing jewelry altogether because there was no point. But now I'm able to wear it again and everything's fine. So I, I feel like I'm in a much better place. Well, it's funny because I for the longest time I couldn't wear my wedding ring. And it's, I don't even know what it's made out of. I don't think it's silver, but because I would get like literally like raw, my, my skin would become raw from it. it yes. Crazy. And now, and then now it's fine. I can wear them now, but I couldn't for the longest yeah, time. So that's, that's a heavy metal reaction. And I, I had the same thing with earrings. I couldn't wear earrings, even, even 24 karat gold earrings couldn't even touch them. 
So that's just a built up toxicity of metals. And you just become so sensitive to them that you can't that's remember crazy. them. Now, yeah. do you ever recommend either fasting or coffee enemas or anything like that for detoxing? So I think fasting is really great for some people. Some people take it to an extreme and a lot of people with rosacea are very nutrient deficient. So I'm careful about talking about fasting, um, but some people have found a lot of relief from that just because it allows gut repair, which is mm-hmm. you know at the at the basis for so many people with skin issues. So even just allowing gut repair to take place for 24 hours, or even people who are doing intermittent fasting are finding a lot of progress with gut healing just from doing that. As far as enemas, I've never done that. I know you've had a lot of good progress with that, but it's different for everyone. Some things work for some people and not for others. I had so much success with food, but there's so many other ways of going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's tons of ways and, and, and saunas and, and. Oh yeah. have been great. So is there anything that we haven't covered that you talk about with your clients that you think is important? Yeah. So there's always an emotional component to rosacea always, and it's often missed. I have people who've been doing amazing nutritious diets for years and have tried all these supplements and it's like, they're still missing something. And so um, in Chinese medicine, the root cause of rosacea is anger and resentment they're buried in the liver. I often will suggest this to people and tell them to go back, you know, go all the way back to childhood. What are those feelings you're having? What are those memories you're having that you haven't quite like let go of yet? And I remember reading this for years. I had read this and I kept thinking, I'm not, I'm not an angry person. I'm just not, and I'm not angry at anyone. So I, I just kind of brushed it off. This wasn't, wasn't for me. Didn't make sense. When I really, really thought about it and I really thought, okay, if this is what's preventing me from healing, I'm going to address this. And so I did, you know, like I, I thought it through, I thought about different people that I might've been holding anger or resentment towards. And I just focused on letting it go and realizing that, you know, these people have moved on, you know, they have no idea that things that they did upset me and now it's affecting my health. So when you come Mm -hmm. to that realization and you're able to literally just let it go yeah. I mean, I think the next day I woke up and saw a change in the color of my skin. It's, it's really, yeah, it is. And, and that's one thing that in Western medicine, we just neglect completely is that whole emotional component. The emotional component is huge, but I guess my question for you, if you just, because you've done work about this topic, if you have people in your life that like are in your life and you really can't extricate them, but they're causing that pain is it possible to still have them in your life, but still keep that distance, what you're talking about, so it's not affecting health? Does that make sense? Like yeah, as a family I, member or something like that, yeah. that you're like, okay, they cause me emotional stress and you can manage your emotional stress, but at some right. point, like you can only manage it so much. <laughs> I think you have to get to a place where you have changed the way you thought about the person, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, if you think about where they're coming from, not necessarily putting yourself in their shoes, but realize that perhaps they're not, you know, where they should be. And who am I to judge? You know, right. Like and you're not going to change them. I'm not going to change them. Right. And they're probably not going to change. And I need to be okay with that because in the next life, these things tend to, to take care of themselves. So right. I do the best I can. You do the best you can. Little things are, of course, you know, anything can set someone off, but 
Right. You know, just always look at the big picture, you know, like, does this really matter? Is it worth it? Is it worth getting so upset? You know, like, and you know what, most of the time, if you're having a problem with that person, it's probably they're having a problem. It's them. It's not you because they're having a problem with a lot of people. So you're like, okay, there's a reason why no one calls them (laughs) or wants anything to do with them, you know? So don't, don't fall into their trap, but it's, it's definitely hard um, to manage all that. But I definitely agree that that emotional component is huge. Huge. Yeah. And, and for many people, that's the one thing that they haven't quite touched on yet. And it's, for me, I kind of did it all at once because I was really determined to figure this out. So it was like, okay, there's 10 different things that it could be. So let's work on all of them. But each one brought me a little closer. And when I did that emotional healing part, that was like, Huge. Now, did you do that on your own? Did you have a professional? Did you do a program? Like what, how did you do no, that? No, I did that on my own. I read a quote that really just changed the way I thought about everything. It was basically, you know, I was in the mindset of I'll do things for people who I feel like are deserving. And that what, you know, that was kind of a mentality that I was raised with. Like, of course, do, do things for people all the time, but it was, I can't remember the exact quote, but anyway, when I realized that, you know, do things for everyone, what, who am I to judge whether they're deserving or not? If people need help, help them and don't look for something in return, just, just Mm -hmm. give. And when I realized it was a very like awakening moment for me that I should just be giving all the time to everyone. And it was a shift that took place. It it allowed me to forgive people that I hadn't been able to forgive. It allowed me to just realize that, you know, we're all just doing the best we can. I like the part that you touch on about, you know, you holding on anger is not hurting them. It's hurting you. Yeah. They've moved on. I mean, this is someone in my third grade class, you know, yeah, they have no idea. And, And yet if this is what's causing my skin to, to look the way it looked, wow. You know, yeah, time to move on. Yeah. No, it's true. It's very true. No, I, I appreciate that because that, that is a huge part of it. And you know, if someone can't do it on their own, there's so many great programs that people are doing, like the Amy oh. Share program and a couple of other ones that are out there, like online, just to help work through it. They're or amazing not. programs. Yeah. And what I've realized is, doesn't mean you have to be in therapy for years and years. It's almost like a light bulb, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like when that shift takes place of how you are viewing the situation or how you're thinking about something, when that takes place, it's like everything can just be, you can just kind of let go. That's what it was for me. And I found that with many other people as well. Yeah. And the other thing I find is super interesting, not to get all philosophical, but I definitely used to be like with five kids under the age of whatever it was, seven or whatever. I, I used to be like a screamer, like, you know, just because you were always tired. You're always like... Right. Kids don't listen. Like it just mayhem. And you're right. just like, just always on just like edge. Right. And then you just realize now it's like, it's not worth screaming over. It's just like, no. you know, like empathize with them, talk to them. And if in the right. heat of the moment, you just got to walk away. Like you right. just, you're not like one time I did talk to somebody and he was like, look, when someone's doing this and they're like here, you can't go here and like, Actually, right. you can't rationalize with an unrational person. Right. And at right. that moment, when someone's, we have all been there where we've been like right. irrational. Yeah. It's hard for someone to talk you down. Yeah. And, and I think it's people, you know, can make a conscious effort. I know I did because I used to get, I remember just like being in stores or being in post offices or being places where people would just really just annoy me, like just 
get on my nerves about just like if they're talking on the phone or yeah. like whatever you're like, and I would get like physically, like then my face would start to get red. This is when I had rosacea and it was like this immediate emotional reaction. I would get very worked up. And then after all this healing took place, now when I see someone doing that, I like either turn around and leave because I, I don't want to be in the presence of it or I like whatever. I'm just on my phone, completely unaware because I don't need to get dragged into that drama. Like you yeah. do your thing. Like I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to be calm. And, and right. I just really see it from a different, it's like, I've kind of, I'm kind of up here now. And I, I look at this person and instead of getting upset with them, I kind of feel bad for them that, that they're still there. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. But this is great. This has been amazing. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And talking about skin and how important it is and using that as your indicator that something's either going on because of Lyme or some other issues that you're having. And I know like we didn't even touch on the whole like kids. I don't know if you deal with kids or not, but oh, like yes. that's a huge thing. Like I know my my son, when he was a baby, had the worst rosacea. And I found out, you know, it was because of the dairy, right? And to this day, he's still yeah. super sensitive to dairy. Uh, there's kind of an epidemic now of eczema, Mm-hmm. And, and it's a lot of it is dairy. A lot of it is even just the lotions, the shampoos, they're all coming. Yeah. We didn't even touch on that. Yeah. Like for anybody yeah, who is not switched over any of their products, like yeah. you have to do you that. Like to. from, from, yeah. from your, like, I, I can tell the difference if I go somewhere and someone's like washes things that are not inorganic. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. Then, like, the air fresheners and then everything. Um, and then even teenage acne, you know, these girls are developing acne at much younger ages now. And for some of them, it's really difficult. So yeah, I've been doing some of that as well because there's so much help out there. You just have to... Yeah. And for anybody who's listening, who doesn't even know where to start, like go to the Environmental Working Group website. There's an app that you can put in any product and it rates it. And it's amazing because then it tells you what's good or bad. And as far as like the toxicity and, and yeah. And in even like, you know, they're making these eyeshadows for little girls that have asbestos and mercury in them. Uh, So yeah, just, I know anything from China do not buy, but makeup for the kids or from China and it's all the heavy metals, which is so bad. Yep. That was another whole eye opening thing too, because I knew nothing about that. So, you know, when you kind of clean up your skin and your diet, it's like, okay, what's next? And then you have to kind of go through your house and, okay, what kind of chemicals do we have in the house and what are we breathing and kind of brings you, you down the do a full. And because yes, I do. was not feeling well, I could literally walk in, like if I had a cleaning lady and I'd say like, here's all my organic stuff. And of course they don't want to do clean with organic because it's a little bit harder and takes a little right. bit, you know, it doesn't get as super clean. And I could literally walk in the house and I'd be like, okay, who's not using organic? And I could literally <laughs> sniff it out and go find them in the bathroom yeah. and be like, you're not using it. And she's like, oh my God, how did you? I'm like, Because I can tell, like I'm immediately breaking out and I right. can like, right. I, I smell it. As soon as I walk into a room, I'm like, I have to leave or I'm going yeah. like, to have a breakout. Yeah. And that smell, I mean, there's a reason that we have that sense. It's our, or it's a Ronnie saying, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be breathing this. Um, yeah. But you get super yeah. sensitive when you have Lyme. To, exactly. I like say to people, I'm like, don't you smell that? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you don't smell that? I'm like, it's yeah. driving me nuts. Yeah. It's so much more sensitive to everything. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that once you're past that, I mean, like in, while you're detoxing too, you're super sensitive to everything. So everything's coming out, but once you get over that, I really think that there's so much healing that can take place. And eventually a lot of people do get to a point where they can look back and think of um, it as a learning experience and think of the positive things that have come out of it. Even though it sounds, it seems horrible while you're living through it, most people do get to the other side and realize that it was all, there was a purpose to all of it. 
Yeah, that's perfect. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, take care. Okay, you too. Each week, I will bring you different voices from the wellness community so that they can share how they help their clients heal. You will come away with tips and strategies to help you get your life back. Thank you so much for coming on and I am so happy you are here. Subscribe now and tune in next week. If you want to learn how I detox and you want to check out my detox for Lyme checklist, go to lime360.com forward slash detox checklist. You can also join our community at Lyme 360 Warriors on Facebook and let's heal together. Thank you.